gassed him with internet gas. What? Internet gas? What? What? What is internet gas? Internet gas. What is that? What? I live for those mongoose what's. Internet gas. This is a whole new level of rap posting. Uh, important question. Uh, who is going to wear the mocap suit? Is that you or me? The, the mo mocap suit? I don't even know what a mocap suit All is. All right, forget it. Forget it. I'll wear it. I'll do it. Okay. All, right, All right, ready? On the, we'll do the sync. Three, okay. two, one, go. Go. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Little Wars. I am Mongoose Kikimura, your, I would say trusty, but, you know, given the sporadic release time, of course, then again, I never actually uh, told people that we were going to have a definite release time, so I guess I am trustworthy in a sense. Anyway, back in the burning pits of, I didn't really do much traditional games related this week other than work on a setting wiki. With me, as always, is my trusty co-host, Jack Carinet. Yo, buddy, still alive? As always. And we have John. How you doing, John? Actually, you know what's funny, Jack, is that the audience doesn't even recognize that Mongoose isn't here yet, uh, because I've been developing a technique that I like to call digital ventriloquism. Oh, really? So okay. this, this episode was actually still introduced by Mongoose. Hmm. I don't yeah. think so. Wait, what happened? Well, not wait, not from wait, your is, perspective. Is mongoose just a just a, like a like a voice in your head? That no. <laughs> well, yes, but uh, also no. Like you know how uh, Disney stuck a rod up Carrie Fisher's corpse oh. and like has been puppeting her. I'm doing that with mongoose right now. Well, that that's reassuring. Fascinating. I Fascinating. literally have a, enough of a backlog that I can make him just be a part of the conversation. Oh, neat. I guess that covers what John did with uh, traditional games this week. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. So from time to time, uh, Mongoose will weigh in and uh, it'll be just like normal. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Yeah. Uh, but no, we're, uh, we are here out here in the quarantine hours. Uh, Mongoose is uh, under deep cover in the, uh, the, the vaccinated lab. They're, they're testing him, a new vaccine on him to uh, see if he can recover from the coronavirus or something. I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe he needs to get over his AIDS first. <laughs> Got him. You could get a turkey leg, and then you get uh, AIDS from the turkey leg. Well, I, have you heard about that? Apparently, coronavirus has the uh, yes. HIV. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is an airborne version of AIDS. It, it they, they've actually I've actually read a read an article that says that uh, it actually attacks the T cells. You testosterone? Although, yes, the testosterone or tranny cells. cells. Okay. Well, no, no, no. The testosterone cells because it turns you into a tranny. Oh, um, oh okay. I'm not exactly sure where we're going with this, but uh, but yeah, basically, people with coronavirus have have lower numbers of antibodies in their system. Yeah, yeah. I've heard recently that they're uh, taking another look at the uh, Wuhan, China bioweapons lab as a suspected source of it all. So very spooky stuff. But um, wait, basically, John, John, I'm getting yeah. I'm getting a report. Uh, coronavirus isn't actually real. Did you know this? Is that from Johnny? No. Uh, oh, oh, wait, wait. Yeah, it's from Johnny. 
<laughs> I know it's not real. It's just 5G poisoning That's right. from the cell phones that are trying to force abortions onto everybody. I know. I'm aware. Right. And this is is this is this why people are burning down their 5G towers is to prevent abortions <laughs> and coronavirus? Little known fact, 5G towers are set up in every single city in the shape of a pentagram and are causing simultaneous abortions to attempt to summon the Antichrist. Hmm, fascinating. 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 We could be at our own conspiracy show. This is so easy. Why are we doing a traditional <laughs> gaming podcast? Why, why are we making prep? For I don't know. I can, I can literally just spout bullshit. This is so easy. I could do it too. Like, why are we doing All right. Uh, but no, that does lead us pretty well. Uh, so in this, this past quarantine uh, period, uh, have you been up to uh, any games recently, Jack? Of the traditional variety, uh, not unless not unless it's a game to re- to be reading uh, books like Hitler's Revolution, which is pretty excellent, actually. Oh, uh, nice. Well, that's in preparation for the big game. That's right. That's right. Yeah. The biggest traditional game of them all, really. Yes. Yeah. Yes, the biggest war game. Is <laughs> <laughs> war? But, uh, just, it's just straight up war. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I've I've actually been I've actually been looking up color schemes. Um, I've I've actually got a bunch of um, Adeptus Mechanicus robots that I haven't painted yet. So I was thinking about I was thinking about doing some interesting color schemes with those. Um, I I looked up a, a neat little scheme to make uh, to make it look like uh, like weathered bronze. That was hmm. one of the schemes, and another one to look to make it look like weathered silver, like like a very shiny so gray. Oh, okay. No, no, no. But a very shiny but weathered silver. It's it's actually hmm. a very interesting technique uh, to to put like what looks like scratches on it and everything. And, and yeah, okay. You know, put a little, but but still, kind of look like it was a massive like shining silver robot, but it's been standing there for like a thousand years. I'm that guessing like the around the edges and corners are more uh, scratched or buffed yeah. or whatever compared to the in, inner parts. Yeah, and then uh, and then make some like moss, like like in the recesses, mm. like like put like little bits of green moss, but still have it, but still have it reflect light. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that should be neat. Yeah. One yeah. of these times, I'd like it if you could take a picture of these things. I think the only one I've seen from you is your uh, unpainted Stargate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, yeah, I've I've actually got got a few. There's there there are a couple of robots that I made that look like uh that look like um very oiled uh mm. almost like reddish bronze type thing and you ba- you basically you basically paint it uh with uh with a P3 color called uh I think it's um I think it's magma bronze. I think it's called, and uh, it's basically kind of like a reddish, uh, a reddish uh, a bronze color. And then what you do is you take nulled oil and a uh, and like like a little piece of um, little like napkin or whatever, and you just dab the nulled oil on so that it so that it not only uh, only goes in certain areas, but it also kind of drips down a little bit and dries like that, so that so that it it looks kind of oiled. It. See, you're talking about this bronze oiled robot, and all I can think about is the hedonism bot from Futurama. <laughs> uh. You know, you know, I have I have uh, seen hedonism robot uh, because because the Admech have a lot of robots. So mm. so I have seen I have seen the hedonism robot as uh, <laughs> I think what is his name Call. 
is basically the hedonism robot and he's got a instant but but people people basically made a model of him and put like a bunch of like mechanical tech tentacles all over him it's pretty funny so so, that, so like the hedonism bot is just what happens when the admit go over to slanesh right mm-hmm. yeah okay yeah exactly gotcha all right so you've been painting cool i didn't even know that yeah. um yeah. Uh, just just in in between work work has actually gotten surprisingly very busy with coronavirus yeah, yeah same a lot of people are relaxing at home and uh enforced neat them and uh jack and i have been working the whole time uh mongoose is actually wait wait a second mongoose is one who's the enforced neat and yet <laughs> you and i are out here podcasting what is wrong with us why can't we just take time off i don't know i don't know it's <laughs> It's a, it's, a, it's <laughs> I would say Protestant work ethic, but that's half of us. So, um. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, no, there's, there's a, there's a certain, there's a certain uh, amount of Irish work ethic that, yeah. uh, that, that, that comes around where, where we could you call you, it the, you, you call you, it the lapsed Catholic work ethic. There you go. Where, where you work just hard enough to get a, get as much money for liquor as possible. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then, I'm and, not going to lie. <laughs> that is my reason for working. So yeah. <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, well, that's pretty good. Um, my, uh, traditional gaming content, uh, I am actually getting ready, uh, it's gonna be starting my game back up. I know I talked about a few other ideas of things I wanted to run, my, um, you know, what if, uh, in hell game, and then I also wanted to run a war game at some time, and I was tossing around all these ideas for settings that I had, and the one that I just kept coming back to in terms of the one that I have the most passion for had to be that one I ran last time, which ended due to uh, some pretty bad attendance problems. But it was the uh, fantastical World War One setting, but with magic and monster girls. Oh yeah, I've I've heard about this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was it was pretty fun the first time around. I used Fate, and there was some problems because Fate really does not handle the kind of gritty, uh, darker war type story that I was hoping for. So the players really wound up feeling like pulpy badasses, which is actually the point of fate. I mean, that's what fate is meant to evoke. So good job on fate, I guess. But it really didn't match the feel I was going for. So this time around, I've I've been thinking about, you know, what I wanted to run and what setting I was most excited for. And I just kept going back to that World War One game. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to start that back up. We've got new people in here this time. We've got, you know, a different audience. We've got uh, different availabilities and whatnot. Um, and also I, I will think this time around, I will be much more prepared for if people are unable to show up. Like my, my biggest issue last time was that I was building in some really heavy character threads into the story and like NPC relations with specific, uh, player characters. And I was you know, planning things around the, uh, you know, an expectation of pacing and so that it would have a dramatic arc to it. And so when we started having people being unable to show up or having to cut sessions short, or just missing multiple weeks at a time, it really dug into my ability to, I don't know, to deliver the experience in the way that I was, that I was proud of. So yeah, it sounds kind of, sounds kind of gay, but if you're trying to tell a story, uh, attendance problems really, really is kind of a, kind of a, it kind of, a you know, undermines it, undermines it. Yeah. Don't worry, I'll do your side of the conversation too. Oh, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. I appreciate it. No, but yeah, that that was kind of the issue last time. And I realized that a large part of that was because I was trying to build in a very individual arcs with specific characters to kind of 
give them something to go off of. But it was really before we'd gotten to the point of kind of meshing out who had the most reliable availability, who, you know, had the best attendance. And as a result, yeah, it, it wound up being a problem. And so, like I said, I wound up cutting it short last time. But there's still enough people who are interested in that. And it's still the sitting that I have the most I had the most fun running and working and coming up with. And I still had a bunch of untold stories in that setting that I never got to. And then I was frustrated that I never got to. And I thought, you know what? Why don't I just not be a stubborn idiot and just go back to that setting? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, th- that is that is a very good piece of advice, actually, is when you when you when you know your players, like maybe you've you've DM'd a game with them. Uh, or something and you become a little bit closer you start to you start to figure out uh you know almost intuitively uh who has the better attendance who uh you know responds better to individualized storylines and maybe go along with that i mean obviously you should include the other characters and storylines and everything but you know if if they tend to miss like you know, one out of every two or three games, then maybe yeah. maybe give them shorter storylines or uh, or just include them uh, very passingly, you know. Right. Or make them less time sensitive storylines. Yeah, that's another good one. Yeah. Make them uh, overarching uh, in terms of their their story plugs so that it's like with a NPC or a plot element or a, a world element that is going to be there, not just in the specific area that they're in right now, but one that's going to be moving along with them so that, you know, if they're missing a session, you can just say, oh, they're they're back with the caravan or they're back at base or they're where they're back at the village resting up or whatever. And it's okay because that that uh, story, that individual story can continue next time. It can pick up right where you left off and it won't be a, a major detriment. Whereas my problem was I was planning it all with very local elements that once that story plot had concluded, they were going to be moving away from. And mm. so I was in this very awkward position of where I needed to get these things wrapped up, you know, in a, in a, in a meaningful way before they left the area. And then a tenants problem after a tenants problem after a tenants problem wasn't it was very i was having to stretch it out and add in you know padding where it really didn't belong and it felt out of place it just it just messed with a lot of things because i was not prepared for it or thinking about it that was a flaw on my part and so going into it this time i feel much more prepared to handle that and uh, like i said another a big problem that i had to overcome was i felt this weird sense of like i fucked it up last time i can't go back to that setting right like (laughs) Yeah, almost that's, like I failed that setting, so uh, you know I failed it, and so I can't I can't revisit it. That's almost almost always uh, the incorrect thing to yeah. to think that <laughs> you know not to. Yeah. But no, no, but, you're right. You're right. I had to overcome that. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, like 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 even even a setting that crashed and burned, you know, you should still go back to it. I feel mm-hmm. like, or or you should at least think about going back to it because. You know, a lot of times, a lot of times the players after even just a few weeks of being on a break from it will think positively because, you know, of the human, of the human uh, uh, way to just, you know, remember the good times and not the bad times. They Mm -hmm. will, they will think, they will at least think, you know, at least neutrally about it and think, oh, you know. You know there there were good parts to this, and maybe you can you can take the uh, the things that you may or may not have done correctly and improved on them. So yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, no, I, I agree. I I have that same perspective, but there was, I guess, I'm not sure if it was a, a pride element or something else. It was just this hesitation of, uh, you know, about going back to it. And eventually I just had to stop and confront myself about it and say, is there anything really stopping me? Or is it just like this weird hang up? Just this weird hang up? All right, great. I'm going to I'm going to do it. Yeah, yeah. And so I decided to just start it back up again. Um, but one of the things I'm changing as well is the system. And so I wanted oh. to talk just a little bit about system RPG systems on a broader sort of meta context that I don't know if we've really talked about on the show before. Um, and one of the reasons is because uh, Mongoose isn't here. Mongoose uh, really doesn't care about systems. Um, and he's not that's not like a derogatory thing. He's like explicitly said, I don't think the system really matters that much. Uh, and so that's why he uses Savage Worlds almost all the time, because it is a very universal system. It's very plug and play. Um, my issue is, and something that I kind of realized while running Fate, even my tweaked version of Fate, which I, you know, custom molded, I actually completely swapped out the uh, the core resolution system, came up with a brand new uh, gear and magic subsystems uh, that weren't in the, the the actual Fate system. So the the version we were running was already modified, but... Because it was still based on fate, it had issues with providing the, the I guess you could say, the tone or the atmosphere that I was going for. Because I wanted to tell this war story. Mm-hmm. And war stories are very gritty and, you know, about pushing through the pain and, and finding her- heroism even in the hardship and the dark places. And it's very difficult to do that when your character's like, I got a massive buff a buffer of like stress that I could take before I start taking minor consequences and those will heal right away and then moderate consequences, but those only get invoked one time anyway. Like just fate had all of these problems with helping me with that tone that looking back on it, I'm like, all right, that really wasn't the right system for this. And so I was wondering to talk about um, what you think about the system that you go with for a role-playing game. And I know you've played a lot of uh, D&D, but also some uh, Warhammer and now Age of Empire. I'm just wondering if you had thoughts on the ability of a, a role-playing game system or set of mechanics to aid in or foster the creation of a tone or atmosphere. Well, so I think, uh, I mean, just just out of, the, out of the two that you you mentioned, uh, D&D and Warhammer, the, uh, the, specifically the, the rogue trader aspect to it, um, I, think, I think that those two systems absolutely do change the tone of whatever you're trying to do, right? Because I mean, mm-hmm. I mean you, can, you can create a campaign in a Warhammer, uh, in, in, in Warhammer 40K with the fate system. Right. Like, yeah. like that, oh, yeah. that is that is absolutely possible. But with Rogue Trader, though, the difference between those two systems means that means that your the 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 idea of your campaign kind of changes. Now instead of managing like 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 the one thing that I thought of was managing your money, right? Because mm-hmm. because if you you know, if you read about the D D systems uh or fate or whatever versus the rogue trader one rogue trader uh you know has a whole different system for for managing your money of course you don't have to use it right but uh the the rest of the mechanics of the rules kind of understand that you're using it like that so so Mm -hmm. like so like in order to acquire an item uh you have to roll on a table for its rarity right yeah, yeah, and I mean, I mean, you know, you could you could do that in D and D too, and just and just pay the gold coins. But but what I like about 
uh, rogue trader is that you have like like a wealth rating, and that wealth rating decides whether or not you actually acquire the item or or not, right? And this which wealth... actually is ironically is the same in fate. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> they have, oh. Yeah, they have a skill, a quote unquote skill or ability, I guess they're called that is just wealth, and you roll wealth to see if you can acquire new items and. If you just barely succeed, then you might have to lower wealth temporarily. Yeah, it's a very similar system to Rogue Trader, actually. <laughs> oh, whoops. Well, at any rate, like, like, but, 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 but you get what I'm saying, right? Is oh, that yeah. is that those two systems will will impact uh, how how things how the the tone the tone of the setting because you know. Mm. Because because doing because doing something in a role playing format may actually increase your wealth rating. But it won't actually get you much else, right? And you and you as players may decide to do that rather than you know something else because because you know those are those are just that's just the way the game is played. Yeah, well, and to put that a little bit more uh, broadly or generically, the system itself creates the method of interacting with the rules and the feedback in such a way as to create a, a certain tone or a certain atmosphere. So for instance, D and D's uh, hit points system yes, yes, very that's... specifically creates a tone where your character is okay. Uh, you know, taking all of this damage until you get down to zero. Yeah. That's, that's the other thing I wanted to go into is hit points okay. versus wounds versus everything. But yeah, keep going. The thing about HP as a system is it's, it's intrinsically war ish which is kind of what makes Dungeons & Dragons kind of a shit game, is it's uh, it's an elevated war game. Yeah, so, but, it, you know, I'm, that that's an example, that's another example, but in every way, every sort of mechanic provides a feedback loop where the interaction with the mechanics affects the narrative, the narrative affects the player concept of how this world works. And then from there, the player then in interacts back with the mechanics to bring about what they have conceptualized in their head. So, for instance, in, you know, to, to make an example, in Dungeons and Dragons, uh, I'm playing and my character, I've got 20 HP, my character loses 19 so in my head, I could be like, oh, man, my character. And in fact, uh, oh, yeah, this is another topic I need to add. This came up on Critical Role, which I want to review because <laughs> um, I did watch quite a bit of Critical Role here recently. Uh, yeah, uh, I watched it. So you don't have so to. So you nah. don't have to. <laughs> yeah. Dear yeah. Viewer. yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but this came up in Critical Role because one of the characters uh, lost a whole bunch of HP and he's down to five and he was role playing his character as beat to shit. And like holding his side and he's like, I think I have a rib broken. And the game master, uh, what's his name? Matt Mercer had to interrupt him and say, uh, you know, you, you actually, you're fine. You don't have any like wound penalties or anything. Like you're, you're still rolling at full capacity. You're fine. You know that, right? And he goes, oh yeah, yeah, I, I know. I'm just role playing. And it's like, right. <laughs> but the, well, that's, that was like the kind of the, the, the hand wavy answer he gave. But at the same time, Matt is correct in that, in that in D and D, just cause you lost a bunch of HP, your character's not like limping or struggling to do anything. You are fine. You have no penalties for anything. And so this guy voluntarily like playing up the handicapper of his character was actually understanding the interaction between mechanics and narrative incorrectly. And Matt was trying to correct him to nudge him back on the path. And mm -hmm. so that creates this awkward thing where some characters understand that and they're at like one HP and just frolicking around just fine, which is what the mechanics actually state. However, this guy is like, I'm at five HP. I'm almost dead. 
It's like, no, no, you're not. You're okay. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying is that like when you have the mechanics state something and the people who pay attention to those mechanics and understand what those mechanics mean and how they impact the narrative can interact with those mechanics in a certain way that is more based, like more founded in reality. Whereas those where it clashes with their understanding of the narrative reality are going to be out of place. Like the guy who's limping and holding his side. And so part of that is just a communication problem. Like, and that's what Matt was trying to correct in the moment was telling him, no, you're fine. You don't need to limp. Uh, yeah. But then the other part of that is that the game itself was not modeling the it wasn't emulating the genre that this guy thought he was playing. Mm -hmm. His character had just been mugged and and really rattled and, and whipped around and whatnot. So he's thinking in his mind, my character is only level two. He's a low level guy. He just got the crap punched out of him. He should be hurting, but he's not. D&D &D doesn't have any method for that. Yeah, and this is this is particularly why uh, I like uh, mechanics, game mechanics specifically that that model. Uh, at what point, you know, uh, you start to get a little, uh, you know, you 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 start to you start to wobble a little bit, like yeah. uh, like like what I particularly like is something like Seven C, which I don't know, I don't know if you've ever looked into it. Uh, That's I, the I, one with the gay guys kissing. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't. I, I think they were lesbians, but uh, oh, okay. But it's actually got a wound. It's actually got like this like spiraling wound system where like every three yeah. wounds or so is like a critical wound, and that does mm. something to you, right? Right. So, I have heard about that. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. So 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 like so like the player knows like oh I just lost a wound so that's not a big deal but then i a hit woo? a critical a woo yeah, yeah. And, then I, and then i hit a critical a woo and <laughs> yes. uh and that critical a woo like you know gives me a big gash right like across my mm. my arm or something it's like oh you know so so then i can role play that right and now what form play. what form do those critical roles or uh, critical wounds take in the mechanics or in the rule books themselves are they specifically uh, listed what they are yeah, you you roll on them. I okay. I haven't I haven't looked at them in a few uh in a few months, but but yeah, basically you roll and you say like, "Oh, you know, you lose like one point of constitution or something like that until you get it fixed, mm. right?" And you oh, just okay, you okay. just kind of like write it down next to the critical wound. So so like it spirals like that and you could and you could end up like decreasing your stats quite a bit before you actually die. So so it, it kind of yeah. that kind of gives you or like you get hit on the head and you're dizzy, right? So so you lose mm -hmm. like points of intelligence or whatever. Like like it's, yeah, it's got Edge a, of Empire had something like that. Yeah, so it's it's kind of got a uh it's kind of got a stat-based uh thing and it also has mm -hmm. a role play like like an outer an outer yeah. uh, uh consequence for it. Well, so yeah. that's an example of the mechanics reinforcing the narrative understanding of the state of the character. Your character's just been been battered. Your character has a negative. When you play your character being hurt, your character is actually hurt. They are worse at doing the things they would normally do. So yeah, I mean, that is just an incident instance of uh what's that what's that really snobby term that like game reviewers like to use? Ludo Ludo narrative dissonance or something like that? I have no have idea. You, you ever heard that but one? It, it, it sounds yeah. It sounds exactly like what they were, <laughs> would describe it. Yeah, right. I, I just, Ludo I just, narrative harmony. I guess you'd call it. I just consider it good game design. <laughs> <know>. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, no, that Shadow Run does something uh, exactly the same. Every three wounds that you lose, you get a minus one penalty to all of your actions. Mm-hmm. And so that's, you know, that a lot of games do that. Um, Savage Worlds has uh, the Shaken... God, I wish Mongus was here. Savage Worlds has the Shaken mechanic, but then you can only take three wounds, then you die. I believe it's a minus... The first one's like minus one, and then minus two, and then minus three for the third one, and then one more wound, and you, you're down, you're in dying uh, status. So uh, Savage Worlds does have that too. Um, my main issue with Savage Worlds is that it's very difficult to take a wound unless like the person gets lucky with the exploding dice. Which is because they have to exceed your your toughness plus your armor. And so generally you have to rely on rolling the max roll on your die and then you get to re-roll it and add it in there. Mm-hmm. And so that can be a kind of finicky in terms of like, you know, you, you get a lot of whiffing basically. So I do like something like the Shadowrun or apparently a 7C's mechanic where mm-hmm. it's like you have a pool... You know, keep it relatively small, you know, but when you lose it, it still feels painful. You're still losing something significant. And so I right. decided to do I decided to do something like that for my uh, for oh, my, the rules I'm going to be using. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to, to be to be fair, though, and I'm I'm trying to be fair to D&D uh, in D&D, you you actually do have like uh you actually do take negative health damage and that is that is technically like bleeding out dying damage right like i don't i i agree with you that like the first 50 hp should actually like do something when you lose it you know like 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 you lose 50 hp and you're totally fine and then it's only like the one through 10 below that that do anything critically to you right are you talking about before you like become incapacitated or drop down? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like, the, I mean, if if you if you would actually take the D and D system and decrease the amount of HP that you get, and like kind of level everybody out, that would be one thing. Where you know the first. 10 or 20 hp that you take you don't really you know like like if you're if you're a big burly fighter or a barbarian you take like like seven hp damage yeah okay you're fine right but then but then that's what i'm that's what i'm doing is um for my thing and something that i really like and again mongoose doesn't like this i love using spreadsheets with auto calc uh, automatically calculating formulas to fill in all of like the you know like the calculated stuff like you know how they'll have derived attributes and whatnot mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i love just having a spreadsheet where you have you know only a few little areas you need to fill out with like your your stat points that you're allotting or whatever and it automatically calculates everything for you and then uh, another thing i do is i create a little tracker on there so you can just put an x in it when you're you know when you take a, a point of uh, vitality damage which is just what i'm calling it instead of hp so you lose some vitality you put a little x in there put a couple x's in there when you reach the spot which will you know be marked for you it'll let you know now you're at a negative one penalty and automatically adjust your uh, you know your, your dice that you're rolling too mm-hmm. and so you could do all that through spreadsheets extremely efficiently so my my idea right now is uh for health specifically it's gonna be based on the character's fitness attribute and it's like seven plus fitness divided by two round down now that the cool thing is you don't have to do any math because the spreadsheet will just do it all for you and so this you know since the uh the attributes are ranging from like two to maybe 12 at the top level you're not seeing a massive increase in the health pool but there is a difference between somebody who's really fit and somebody who's weak yeah 
I, I, I agree with that, uh, with the, with the added exception that I don't like unnecessary complexity, like, like, uh, uh, repeat the, uh, the equation that you're using for it again. Seven plus fitness divided by two. Yeah. Right. So, so that, that I think is a, is a, uh, is an okay amount of complexity to it and using spreadsheets to auto uh, auto calculate that is fine. I just dislike the systems that use that use a massive amount of complexity to reduce something down to what could effectively or w- what could more effectively be be implemented with just straight numbers, right? That you write down on a sheet. Um. Yeah, I could see that. My the, the reason I did it like that is because the um. Uh, I'm doing the Savage World step dice system, so your your uh, attributes start are are measured in dice. So then, when you use the you know a test with that attribute, you roll it. So you start off real low at like a D two, and then D three, D four, you know D six, D eight, D ten, D twelve. Yeah, that is that that is an issue. Uh, I I feel like I feel like more most uh, game developers don't really understand how dice function, like in a in a statistical model. I mean. To be fair, I don't really quite understand exactly how they function, but if you are building a mechanical system based around different polyhedral dice, you need to understand exactly how they how they function in a statistical model. This is one of the this is one of the issues with d twenty based systems, I feel like, which of course we've gone over in exhaust. Well, one of the really good tools that you can use to help uh, when you're designing your own game or thinking about using different dice is the website anydice.com. All one word, Uh-oh. any dice. Um, it actually has a complete thing where you can just type output and then like a whole bunch of different functions like highest one of 3D6, uh, count ones and twos in 4D6. And you can also loop it too over various uh, uh, variables, so you can change the amount of dice and the size of the dice based on a little like quick program that you can run. So you can run what are your odds of getting a scoring a one out of a dice pool that uh, ranges from one to five dice, and the size of the dice ranges from d2s all the way up to d12s. So like I, I use that, and it's a really uh, handy little tool. It gives you. Uh, a bunch of different uh, stats on there that you can use for uh, doing the uh, probability analysis. And I definitely recommend, you're right, I definitely recommend people look into that stuff and understand that stuff and try to keep in mind and have an idea for uh, what are the probabilities that you're going for for accomplishing, you know, any given thing. And I think the um, the base D&D assumption was that you want your players to succeed, I think it was like 60 to 80% of the time I believe was the statement. Yeah, I mean it, it depends, right? And that's and that's kind of what you have to look at because you can't really. I I feel like most game developers, i.e., people like Monty Cook and and other <laughs> and other midwit uh, game developers. Tend Who's the to, other one? The gay one who like was excluding women based on lore complexity. Uh, Matt uh, Merles, something Mar- Marles. Yeah, that sounds right. I yeah, I've I've forgotten what his name is, but but yeah, they they, they tend to they tend to like assume the the dice Mike, Mike Marles. Mike Marles. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, they that's exactly right. They tend to like assume dice probability without actually going into like a hard, um, 
you know, like a hard uh, uh, study into what exactly they're doing, right? And I and I feel like this was part of the part of the base problem of D and D three point five or three third edition is that, uh, and and it's something that Pathfinder did not fix, is the issue of like a quadratically increasing power level versus like a linear increasing power oh, yeah. level and the the ability of of certain classes to to uh deal way more damage than what they should mm-hmm. be doing and it's all based on the fact that they didn't understand dice probability yeah yeah because a lot don't a lot of the damage for like different spells and whatnot get into like 4d10 and yeah you know big dice pools that they just don't didn't seem to understand what the average and the the probabilities were for that yeah and and like yeah i mean i mean i i I feel like they they tended to uh more easily understand that like 1d12 was worse than 2d6 right like because because you can kind of hold that in your mind but they did not really understand the d20 right mm. because uh because at at the at the later stages of the game you'd get a skill that gives you like plus 40 right and you and the difficult and then you calculate the difficulty of it and you needed like you needed like 30 or 40 right off I'm of sorry, it, off- I'm, I'm sorry what you you get a skill that adds plus forty to a to a one through twenty result. Yes, and and then the difficulty <laughs> challenge, the DC of it, the difficulty challenge. Then the DM would have to increase that. Yeah, you know. to plus forty. <laughs> right. So 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 yeah. so like, why are you even rolling a d twenty at that point? Like, well, that's the- <laughs> yeah, that's the bonus penalty uh, treadmill. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Show title right there. Bonus penalty <laughs> treadmill. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that that is the whole Skinner box mechanic, right? Like you level up, everything you're fighting levels up, everything stays the same, and you just keep going for that next level up. Yeah, I don't know. They're, they're, it's it's a little bit more complex than that, but but that's <laughs> oh, basically am I hitting too idea. close to home, Mister World of Warcraft player? <laughs> yeah, is that yeah. is that hitting a little 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 personal there? I don't play World of Warcraft <laughs> anymore. Yeah, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> okay <laughs> all right you can't you can't yeah. pin that on me today mr uh <laughs> yeah anyway um yeah no I, I agree that you need to look into the uh probabilities i don't think it's as hard as people make it out to be but the thing my point was that you need to get an idea for what you want the probability of success to be for your players if it's something more you know, grim and realistic, make it a straight 50%, 50-50 if they're skilled and they're doing something hard. If it's a punishing, dangerous, almost horror world, all right, make it like 30 to 40% success rate. So they should be trying to run away and avoid these kind of conflicts. I think a lot of the old D&D stuff was very much like, if you run into a fight, it's going to be deadly. Um, well, and, and this, is, this is partially why I like D100, because it's a lot easier to understand, you know? Like 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 mm. a like a D twenty is very difficult to to hold, but because we because of the D one hundred base of it, it tends to be a lot easier to like craft, uh, you know, uh, uh, campaigns around it because you are more easily able to de- to determine what the probability of a of a of a thing is, right? Um, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say no. I think that's uh, completely wrong. Okay. Uh, <laughs> because every single D100 game I've seen 
does modifiers or like pro you know changes to things in increments of five or ten anyway, which just puts you right back on the d20s increments of one or two. Uh, I, I mean, kind of, but, honestly, but that's not, if you're that's like, not my, if you're like, a, that's right, not but if you're point, saying though. like this should have a 60% chance of success, then all right, you say a DC eight and you have to score higher than that because it's the same thing as saying a DC 40 out okay. of a D 100. Okay. But, but, but that's not, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of not my point. My point is when you are, when you are trying to design an encounter, right? You are going mm -hmm. to have multiple different, uh, you know, different tests for your player, and all of those tests need like 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 you have to you have to decide what is the probability of these things, right? And yeah, and all I'm saying is that it's easier in a D100 based system. I'm not I'm not I'm not saying that it's impossible or that it's different. I'm I'm just saying that it's easier as you're going through it. I th I think that there's enough people out there that are so used to d20 systems that if they want like a 60 percent chance they automatically say eight i mean they don't you're right that technically <laughs> it's one extra step to say like you know to say 40 versus eight but i think that if if you're there's if you've grown up thinking around a d20 it really is about the same amount of like cognitive work for your for your bioform or for sorry for your um your fork i don't know <laughs> your, your fork oh yeah, is, is that is. is that a is that a uh that was a that was a precursor that was a hint a uh, uh, hint a uh a a fork, foreshadow. foreshadow right yes, yeah. yes, a, yes. a fork shadow a fork shadow <laughs> that's a good one too damn it um but yeah no I, I i honestly don't think the cognitive load is that much different if you've grown up with the d d20 now i didn't grow up with d20 I, my i got into this through Shadowrun, so i think in terms of like averages which is one third so like i'm like all right this is a difficulty pool of their difficulty of two so i could expect somebody with a, a combined attribute and skill of six to succeed most of the time so that's that's my like general thinking uh, in terms of what I you know kind of was raised with. But somebody who was raised the D twenty, I'm I'm sure they just automatically convert these things in their head. Or I don't know, maybe I just have you're, too much faith giving, in people. Yeah, you're giving yeah, them way too much right. credit. Way right, too much well. credit. Way too much credit. Whatever. Um, I don't. I, that's how I would do it. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. So. Anyway, I think the problem there is that it really is just a treadmill type problem when they're like. I've already got level 30. I need to, I need more. I need, I need to level up again. What are you going to give me this time? Oh, plus 40. All right, cool. Wait, the GM's adding 40 to all the difficulty to everything. Oh, well, <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I just, I think that has more to do with the Skinner box, uh, the Skinner box well, mentality I, behind D and D than I, it does. I think, I think that if you're getting to that point though, it's time to like close it out. Like find a, it's time uh, to stop. It's time to stop. It's time to find an end to it. Right, because yeah. because honestly, I don't think I've ever had a D and D campaign go past like level eight or nine, or level. Well, and 10. that's another thing that that's another thing that ties into the topic is that the fact that D and D has levels and that those levels vastly increase in power as time goes on creates a narrative and a tone and a, and a, and a world. It says something about the world that you're in, about the accumulation of power and how easy it is to accumulate power and to rise up in level. So then you get weird things where it's like only the player characters are level 13 and everyone else in the world is level eight. And you're like, why? Why don't 
But why though? Why, why would you? <laughs> why why though? would you do that? Why not just to have like a random NP? Or, you know, just some random civilian go into a, a basement and kill cockroaches just like the players did for a while. Like, <laughs> do the it's just this <laughs> the, the the South Park episode where yes, yeah, kill the the boars in the in the woods. Yes, <laughs> just do that. Like, why was no one else doing? Why did nobody else in this whole well, world because, think about because that? Because the NPCs don't have a DM. You see, that's the, that's the real that's the real difference between an NPC and a player character is the player character has a DM mm. that's giving them experience. So it's like uh, it's like Chekhov's player character. <laughs> Chekhov's they only have it. They only earn XP when you open the box and see the dead cat. <laughs> Chekhov's. Oh no, no, you're talking about Schrodinger. Yeah, 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 Schrodinger. Yeah, Schrodinger. Thank Schrodinger's. you. Chekhov's player else. character is the one that you meet in the first uh, the first session and you never see again. And at the very end of the campaign, that character comes in and then gets killed because he's still level one because he wasn't getting leveled up the whole time. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it's the yeah, yeah. it's the player that only that came to the first one and then right. had, had like personal issues like for yeah, four yeah, or yeah. five weeks and then comes and then and then like everyone's like level six. And he's still level one, and you're just still like, level Oof. one, right? <laughs> Immediately gets eviscerated, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, Schrodinger's uh, Schrodinger's player character. That's Everyone right. else isn't being uh, looked at, and so they're not uh, they're not leveling up. They're and... not leveling up, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that kind of, that almost ties into uh, just real quick. I wanted to talk about solo RPGing. That kind of reminded me of that. Have you heard about the solo RPGing stuff? Isn't that just just being schizophrenic? <laughs> i mean o- only if you think a dm is schizophrenic um so yes <laughs> no, no comment I- yeah <laughs> i mean it's 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 this weird new trend that started and uh even even just yesterday there was this thread on tg where it was some they were like why don't you respect solo RPGers? And a bunch of people chime in and and like because why don't you just write a book? Or <laughs> I don't <laughs> that's instead the, of that read, like, re- read another book, just write a book. Yeah, yeah, just write a book, any book. <laughs> I mean, um, I mean, yeah, that's that's a good point. Like, like I'm, I mean, I mean, think about it. Like, like all, like you know, Tolkien and them, like they were yeah. just basically solo RP. I respect well, but that's the, that's a good point. That's the problem, though, is that these these people who are they're for, they're trying to make like this new sub community of the role playing game community based around playing existing role playing games by yourself. So, so and just, just so so this is just another uh, sub group that is mentally uh, uh, mentally damaged. Well, socially in in, socially inept is the socially way I would inept. Put it. Okay, yeah, that's a, yeah. that's probably a better way. It, so it's like, how ironic is it that this hobby started for like weirdos and nerds and now it's becoming mainstream due to like big corporations like Hasbro moving into it and the weirdos and nerds are being pushed out into doing solo RPGs. How sad and alienating is this? It's pretty sad. I mean, <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think, I think the solo RPer is a higher life form actually now that oh I think God. about it. Uh, All right. Let me explain what solo <laughs> RPGing is. It's it's where a player decides to be both game master and player character. So they will create a player character and they will basically try to split their attention span or their cognitive abilities between their their mental workflow, if you will, between the two roles. And oftentimes there are actually um, tools that'll help with this. Like uh, one of them is Mystic's Game Master Emulator. 
and it is like a like a random generator slash uh like you know those ran- random like story prompt generators yeah or like there's all kinds like seventh seventh sanctum is a site that has a bunch of like random generator stuff um somebody made one that basically does like creates the uh, seeds for the telling like the game master's decisions that then the person can interpret and apply to the world that they've got there and then create a situation which they then basically like run over to the other chair on the other side of the table and sit at and play as the player character in that situation and then they have like you know they use the game mechanics to figure out how it goes and there are some games now that are starting to come out that are specifically tailored to solo role players. Like one of them is Iron Sworn, which is a powered by the apocalypse game that is actually released for free. It's like a 300 page book uh, released for free. And uh, it's like set in a Pegang gang uh, lifetime or, or life, uh, whatever, his- historical time period. Or I don't know if it's if it's strictly historical or kind of mythological Norse Viking running around in the snowy woods without a shirt on for some reason kind of stuff. But, but it's Based. a powered by the, <laughs> no, <laughs> that's Varg pilled. <laughs> Based and Varg pilled. There you go. Yeah. Impl- implying anyone, any of our listeners are not just like epic pagan gangers who are like super into the epic 40 K traditional lifestyle. I know at least one, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyways, that so that game uh, came out recently and it's been released for free and it's specifically for solo RPGers. It supposedly can be played in a group, but it's designed for people who are playing alone. And I'm guessing we're going to be seeing a lot more of these solo RPGs coming out in the near future uh, to kind of a- account for this growing uh, community. But so, yeah. So what are your thoughts on, on that? I think this is great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, like, it, if it helps stimulate your your imagination, I think I think it's it's okay. I mean, like, like that that is the thing. Why not just write a book? Why not? Why not just? <laughs> I mean, you're you're already just write it down as you're doing it, and and write a book. Like like right, if, if, I... if you were if 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 you are so bored. And hmm. and have and have so many good ideas like this. Either either that's the problem. Go on, that's go, the rub. Right, right. So 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 two options here, right? Two options. You either go online to roll twenty and get a group to play this with, or uh, use these tools to role play it out and write. And while you're doing it, write it down and just write a book. Well, that's that is the problem. These people don't have ideas. They need to be handheld through an act that simulates creativity fascinating i've no, I've that's never, my I've that never is my issue any. with all of this is that they're not sitting down and thinking out a world and a and a myriad of characters in it and how all of those characters interact and how their backgrounds and abilities shape their their you know their success or their failure or their downfalls or their hardships or their endeavors going forward they are instead playing a game sometimes even literally just playing dungeons and dragons but they're doing all of the parts they're wearing all of the hats they're running back and forth they're rolling the dice so that the game can tell them what happens mm-hmm. that's kind of that's my issue with it is that it's it to me it seems like it is a debasement of the creative collaborative storytelling endeavor because it is reducing it to 
it's, what it like the the fact that you're oh, go ahead. It's it's well yeah, right. So 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 it's reducing that down to product, and they want to consume product, but they can't talk right. to people like like adults. Yes, that is kind of the issue. It's really like the whole. And if you go into the solo RPGing uh, Reddit, there's a subreddit for it. There's threads about it on TG. If you go in there, a lot of times it reads almost the exact same as the R slash relationship advice, where it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like I so uh, my my last game I had a player and he w- would blow his nose constantly, so I can never play with people again, and I'm gonna play by myself now. I mean, it's just the most petty nonsense of like, you know, like the thing that happened in my last game that we were just talking about, the attendance issues. Now, imagine if I was like a quarter of the testosterone and, you know, three times the the estrogen and just went on Reddit and been like, my players didn't show up for my game. So I'm just going to tell stories by myself in a corner. That's what we're dealing with. Huh. Yeah, that, I don't... that's the issue. Well, I. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's it's difficult for me to 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 say this is bad if it's pushing all those people off into corners by themselves and, you know, just just allowing them to be spurgs. I mean, it's not bad from a eugenics perspective, but it is (laughs) taking this from a eugenics perspective. It's not that bad, which is always my first go to perspective. Yes, absolutely. Um, Yeah, (laughs) from that perspective, it's not bad. The issue then is that you are creating a large collective group of collectively antisocial, maladapted people. Who are then turning around and making demands from everybody else in the hobby? I mean, I mean, they could just make another board on Wizard Chan. <laughs> uh, yeah, call they could, but, uh. but no, the problem is they insist on posting on TG. They insist on posting repeatedly in the RPG subreddit, which is already gay enough. We don't need this stuff. Um, but they're they're making demands from game designers. They they're they're you know posting and and they're they're just. They're taking up space for people who are actually in the hobby and presenting themselves as valid members of the hobby while aggressively not participating in the social aspect of the hobby. Right. It's so- it's like it's like somebody who plays uh, video game or somebody who just watches football, then goes to like your local football club and insists on being just as valid of a footballer. Yeah, these. Yeah, I mean, I mean, these are to 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 call them betas is is gives them a little bit too much credit, right? Because because these these yeah exactly. I mean, I mean, these people don't even play the game. They 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 they, you know, masturbate. Yes, they, they, yeah, they do is, RPG. They're basically <laughs> coomers. I mean, right, co- coomers are lower than betas. At least, you know, at least, at least a beta actually goes I'm out and Suluing. tries. Oh god, I'm Sulu RPGing. Yeah, yeah. It's no, almost it breakfast. It's like a me- there- it is, oh god, don't. No, we're not. No, we're not putting that in here. God oh, damn okay. it. Um, right. <laughs> but it's like. It's like the the coomer, the the serial masturbator showing up at like the sex having convention. <laughs> the sex having and all of I the, don't know. Do they all have the, those? I all, don't. All, all, all of the chads with like with like uh, <laughs> sh- bottles of, like glasses of champagne with all the Stacys under their arms. are like, oh right. yes, I have well, lots I've of had, sex. I've had many of sex. Yeah. Yeah, very good sex. <laughs> very, yeah, very good sex. And all the coomer the shows up and he's like, guys, I have sex too with my hand. And they're like, <laughs> right? That's that's how I feel. <laughs> 
get get out coomer i'm a sex heifer <laughs> okay that was retarded but anyway that's that, that's that's the way i feel about this stuff it's like you're not actually a valid member because you're not engaging in one of the big tenets of this hobby it is an inherently social activity and you're eschewing the social part for the trappings of it. This is the simulacrum of role-playing games. Baudrillard! Collapsitarianism! Anyway. <laughs> I'm getting worked I mean, up. I'm I mean, I have, I, have, I have more respect... Honestly, I have more respect for the creepy guy at the table, right? Because at least, yeah, at least, at least he's he out there, <laughs> like, like, doing the activity, right? Oh, God, you set us up perfectly. Oh, I the, did, didn't I? Isn't this the, perfect? The Chad RPG that guy versus the virgin solo rpg <laughs> Uh <laughs> Excellent transition. Thank you, Jack, for transitioning us into this next topic. Um, <laughs> yes. So, uh, yeah, we had a, a bit of a kerfluffle this last, uh, I think it was a couple of weeks now. Uh, a bit of a, um, bit of a to-do, bit of a, a brouhaha, if you will. Huh. Uh, so there's this guy, and I don't think I've talked about him on this show before, uh, but his name is Adam Koble. Koble? Koble? Keebler, I believe. is Keebler Kobold, yes. yes. So this guy, uh, Adam Koble, is a massive faggot. Uh, dyed pink hair, soy beard, all of that kind of stuff. Very fat. And uh, is he, he's, he's well, actually mean, a skinny fat, I think. Yeah, he's got a fat I, I, face. I call him skinny fat, yeah. He's got a fat face, yeah. Well, it doesn't help that he's got that troll hairstyle where it looks like yeah. it looks like a pink troll shat on his head. <laughs> like, that's the problem. You, uh, anyway. Um, so this, this guy, Adam Koble, he's the guy who made uh, one of the most uh, commonly used Powered by the Apocalypse hacks, which is called Dungeon World. And it's basically somebody took the Powered by the Apocalypse engine and said, what if we try to use this to subvert the children? Oh, dear. And they made it they made it look like Dungeons and Dragons to kind of trick the D&D crowd away from D&D and get them into Powered by the Apocalypse. I don't. Can you trick the D&D crowd? Uh, ironically, yes, but not the way he did it. Huh. Uh, because the D&D crowd still hates narrative games, so they still hate uh, Dungeon World. Uh, ironically, the way that you trick the D&D crowd is the OSR route, where you have the same uh, six attributes and you still roll a D20. Right. But yeah. then they just cut out a bunch of the mechanics and make it more narrative-like. So. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but anyway, it, it is still a, one of the most commonly uh, played Apocalypse World hacks, uh, Dungeon World, made by this guy, Adam Koball. And also, I posted, um, do you remember back in that Borzoi episode we did, where we were talking about the people who are pushing for diversity in role-playing? Diverse, we need more women, we need more diversity in role-playing games. Absolutely, remember that? I, re I remember that, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, um, that guy, I, I went back and I was looking, I was doing a search for Adam Cobalt to find where I had posted the content, and I realized that in the description of that video I posted, entitled Diversity in D&D... It has the uh, the comment here. Besides Adam Cobal and Dale Kingsmill, here are some other folks changing the face of D and D in terms of diversity, representation, and inclusion. Folks, right? Well, okay, yeah. So, folks, it's always folks with these faggots. <laughs> but uh, but no, it's it's funny because Adam Cobal is one of these diversity and inclusion people who are constantly pushing diversity and inclusion in the hobby, just non freaking stop. And 
So what happened is that uh, Adam Koble is running a game that was being live streamed. I guess I'm guessing on Twitch or maybe straight to YouTube. I don't really know how all this how this live streaming stuff works. But he was running a game, uh, and D- it was a game D-Live. of... D-Live? Did he get any lemons for it? <laughs> I, d- I sincerely doubt it was D-Live. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but he was playing a game of Star something, Star a Traveler, I think it was. Or maybe Starfinder. I don't I don't know, honestly. Yeah. I cannot I cannot be arsed to pay attention. Um, but he was playing a game with uh, some, some other, I guess, voice actors. And they, this is pretty professionally produced it's uh for some group called role play r-o-l-l play that's pretty ironic right there yes and the name of the campaign was far verona and so they were playing with all of them on webcam <laughs> so i you know t- yeah keep going i'm sorry I, I was i was gonna say that that these screenshots that i took of of this yes. role player's Haley sky i i really i really <laughs> You know, th- these reflect my my emotional states as I'm listening to this. <laughs> yeah, her face is just freaking great on this. So they're doing some kind of sci-fi setting, right? And one of the characters, is, one of the players, first of all, his first mistake is he was playing with women, right? So one of the the women player women players is Elspeth. Elspeth Eastman is her name. Yeah that that ten- <laughs> that tends to be a very common like female paladin name. But go ahead. Female paladin? Yeah, Would you please else, stop posting these reacts? Although I love, we need this actually as a re, as a custom react. We, <laughs> that we bottom do, one. We do. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. So anyway, Elspeth, Elspeth, um, she is playing a male robot character named Johnny, and Johnny was damaged and needed repairs. So Adam Kobol is the game Kobol is the game master and he's has an NPC who is a mechanic. And so this uh Elspeth lady has her robot go see this mechanic. Yes. And what what happens next? I might just splice the audio in here because So yeah, he's standing up. His eyes are like wide. You can see him like almost like tearing up a little with like, oh god, it's happening. <laughs> and he, he says he says to you, he's like, Don't be scared. I've done it before. I can show you. I don't know. I don't know if I want to cringe overdose <laughs> our audience on that because it's so bad. Basically, what happens next is a role-played robo ERP session. <laughs> it's robot orgasm from a USB robot port. orgasm. This mechanic pulls out a probe, which is described like a techno dildo. And he reaches over onto the table and he picks up some kind of like device, right? It's got a plug on one end and some buttons on the handle. And he says, um, I'm just, I'm going to do it real gentle the first time. And you tell me how it feels. Okay. And uh, he, (laughs) and he inserts it into this male robot characters ports. He says, uh, he says, there's a port in the back of your neck. You can, you can feel it and he gently like he puts his hands up like like you're a scared animal he's like let me let me just and he, he reaches up to touch it uh he reaches up you can feel it and he he holds up the device and you can see that the prongs on the thing match the feeling of the of the plug and he uh he says i'm just just a little at first okay okay sure uh and johnny has sm- no idea what this slightly, guy's about to do no idea what this guy's little. gonna do and the game master adam coble describes in ex- in exquisite detail how this robot undergoes his first robo-orgasm. 
he he places he places the edge of the of the device against the port and he presses a button and Johnny has for the first time in his entire life whatever the equivalent of a robot orgasm right there it hits you like a truck oh yeah with like pleasure nodes firing off up and down his body and your lights are blinking really fast and, and indicating pleasure all over. And he's just, he's like foisting this description onto this player. Uh, your whole system just like lights up with like positive uh, uh, experience indicators and your, uh, your vision like flickers and blurs uh, your temperature sensors all go haywire for just a second. Uh, your, your knees buckle slightly. <laughs> First of all, sexually molesting a female player character, a player's character is absolutely based. I will not back down from that. However, <laughs> the way that he, it was a gay relationship. So here's the thing. There's so many layers to this, right? All he's, uh, th- he, th- there are so many dark <laughs> layers to this. I honestly, there's so many layers. Yeah. And I think maybe that's the last shot. I think that's the shot of the episode is Johnny uh, getting his brain stimulated. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> by this sexy mechanic. He's, he's gatekeeping by weirding out the woman, so she'll probably never play again. That's great. Great move, Adam. However, he did it by <laughs> having a homosexual relationship. That's cringe, Adam. That's real cringe. However, uh, no, everything else is just negative. Yeah, it's just negative cringe. The way he describes it is like... You could tell he's like getting off to the idea of doing this to this character yeah. where he's like getting more and more into it. He starts giggling as time goes on. What a ride it's been. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like this is where Johnny should shout for help. He's just, yes, 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 please. <laughs> Let me Listen, kill this creep. Robots need love too. All right. But but but, but he didn't he thought he was gonna fix him. Well, not you know. not give an orgasm. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's right. We have to start every episode with an explosion. So <laughs> Okay. All right. So uh that that happened, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so we can talk more about that uh at the beginning of the next Great. episode. Insert insert Adam Coble like creepy giggles here. Um he he start he <laughs> when when like everyone else around the table is making these faces of oh my god, is this seriously happening? What the fuck? And he just starts laughing and pushing it harder and then says, and I think we'll end the scene there. And one of the other players goes, What the fuck, man? And he says, Well, <laughs> We started with an explosion, so I felt like we had to end with an explosion. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Well, so <laughs> one of the guys is trying to hold it together, and he goes, "So, uh, so how much XP did we earn?" Yeah, and I was like, "Dude, I feel your pain." Well, because because they're on live stream, right? So, like, yes, they are. So, they're like, live what do you, what do you do? What do you do in that? <laughs> like, like after a gay robot scene, like, like, I mean, it's what really, do you do? It, like. Uh, how how much yeah. experience did we? You make you make crazy faces like this lady here. <laughs> this is the, the, these faces are amazing. We really need to put these faces up on like the do it for her. Uh, do it for her. I was just thinking that. <laughs> yes, that's that's what I was thinking. Do yeah. it for her, yeah. and it's all her face. Yeah. But all right. Okay, so so I would actually like to counter signal you for one okay, one right. one thing. Right. 
Mm-hmm. When you're when you're at a table role playing with 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 a woman, right? And I'm yeah. and I'm I'm not going to counter signal that because I do actually like like to play okay so i know you do you are our enlightened centrist i I know know. i know i'm I'm the enlightened centrist right (laughs) yeah like i would never do what he did i wouldn't either i no i I would not either it's just (laughs) so it's just so like like even if it was heterosexual right even if she was playing like a female robot right yeah it's just it's just so weird and there was a lot of mistakes there was a lot of fucking mistakes that were made first first of all the way that he conducted himself was extremely creepy oh like he acting like a pervert that's i mean like i know like the whole like creepy rapey you know those these are all like buzz phrase but honestly go out and look up far verona season two episode 18 part two we might even put i will try to put a link in the description if i can get mongoose to do it well and and the 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 reddit posts under it were very very enlightening because a lot of i i saw a lot of them specifically talk about these mm-hmm. like safety tools and how literally yes. everybody who uses a safety tool in some way uh is some sort of like creepy predator person yes well and we saw this with the shauna germain stuff yeah yeah i mean the whole like consent I, in gaming is because these people are freaks they're perverts yeah. So it's, you're it's, right. As much as I might joke about like, you know, gatekeeping a woman out of the hobby base, <laughs> yeah. I would never I would never and have never done this. Um so so back to like the multiple mistakes that were made was he did not read the room. You he could see everyone else's video feeds. They were doing live video chat. He could see their faces and I have never seen more discomfort on a group of people's faces than during this. Even, even the dudes' faces, they were like, I know. They were like, uh, what's what's going on? What the I, guy in the bottom oh left dear. looks like a dad who's watching his daughter being raped, I, yeah. and then the dude on the top is looking with this like shit-eating grin, where he's just like, "Are you fucking serious? Is this <laughs> happening?" It's like it's like if I was not grinning right now, I would look like the blonde lady, right? Yeah, and then the blonde lady is making the best expression. Or she's well, so, like, oh, so, what? So if you're if, if you if you watch more of Roll yeah. Twenty, you'll notice that this that this woman tends to make very emotive faces. That's kind of yeah. her thing. She she has these like beautiful okay. like blonde like locks, right? And she tends to she she tends <laughs> to make very emotive faces. And she's just she's just like <laughs> making. <laughs> Right. So my, my point is that he's not reading the room at all. Yeah. He's not realizing that these people are not into this. Yeah. They are not enjoying it. They are they're being weirded out by this, which is a perfect clue for you to wrap it up in like a vague description of uh, he he kind of puts it down and says, sorry, sorry, I shouldn't have done that. And he goes on with the repairs. You could have like salvaged it like that if you got into it. And you and the other thing was that if you listen to the the. Um, resignation video from the the girl whose robot dude was anally raped she says that she had just told adam cobalt before this that she wanted her character to experience new things and to grow as a person and start displaying agency and making choices oh interesting 
I didn't know that. And apparently Adam's interpretation of that was, <laughs> was, was anal gay, rape? Gay sex. Anal rape <laughs> gay sex? Well, because... Got it. <laughs> Got it. Well, right, because because that's his new experience, right? Like, when, yeah. when he thinks about... When he thinks about... Oh, man. When he wants a new experience, I he really, gets anally raped. I really want to grow as a person. I want to experience yeah. new things. Instead of... grow in anal circumference? And, <laughs> roll for anal circumference? Yeah. Yeah, I'm... I, <laughs> God. I can make that joke because Mongoose isn't here to complain about it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway um yeah <laughs> but uh but no yeah like she just told him like i want my character to display more agency and to grow as a person into his personhood because he's a robot right so like she wanted to explore that theme and his idea is like all right i'm gonna have a creepy mechanic molest you and <laughs> <laughs> it sounds crazy i know but stick with me <laughs> but i mean on the flip side the other problem is that the at the GM Adam multiple times said to this player or had the NPC say like is this alright are you okay with this are you okay with me going and every time she just kept going yeah sure yeah come on yeah yeah keep going and it's like it's this is why I don't play with women oh, because really? they will say yes keep going and they mean no I hate you <laughs> well because he's because he's leading her on right like he's, he's leading her on and she's being the good like you know the, the problem with like these actors or actresses who get into role playing is that they're used to the improv rules of yes and yeah and she just yes anded her way into sexual molestation <laughs> <laughs> there's so many good clippable i know right <laughs> but no like that's yeah. that's the issue is that she kept saying yes yes go on go ahead and then it's like i'm not happy it's like well you are a person. You have the right to say no, to say time out. And this leads us into what you were talking about, all the safety tool conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And this ties. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I mean, it, it, it yeah, like in, in a way, like, like this guy, this guy could not have been more liberal in this moment. Right. Like this is. <laughs> go <because> on. <laughs> Well, I mean, he didn't, he, he didn't like, like raping he, liberal, ra raping women to own the Nazis. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, okay. So, so that's the thing though, is that in his mind, he didn't rape a woman. He yeah. molested. He introduced her to a liberating sexual experience. Right. He, mol he molested a, a male robot. Right. Well, well, this is, this is different, right? My bros would find this funny, right? Oh, okay, okay. I she, she's saying. she's not your bro, man. She's you know, like honestly, I wouldn't I wouldn't find this funny if this happened to my no, character. No, no, but Actually, but his bros would with the soul right? with like, the soul yeah, yeah, sure. But with the sole exception of Moss in the Star Wars campaign, if he got anally raped, I would probably laugh. Well yeah, but, but, you but see, was, I would never yeah. I would never do that though, because Well also if you did it, don't do it in like excruciating played out detail. <laughs> like imply it. <laughs> What fate, is wrong fate, with you? This is like basic story. To, yeah. 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 Or, you know, like, uh, I know it's, I know it's kind of like anti-male. I get that. But the whole, like, don't drop the soap kind of meme. It sucks. I get it. It's like trivializing male rape or whatever. I get it. But still, there is some comedy to be found in there in the, the uh, contrast between expectations of like the big muscular, powerful dude. And then getting into that sort of situation. All right. So I get that. Sure. However, that was not at all how this was played out. This was played out like this is my explicit fetish and I'm going to force you all to sit here and watch me do it. Yeah, this is this is the danger of magical realmism. Yeah, I mean honestly in, this in, is the <laughs> in, in mixed company. 
this is the danger of yeah mixed company and also surprising them with it yes and and also um i don't know like there were so many people in the reddit thread and i was really happy to see it they were like wait this guy's a hyper feminist yeah this guy's a hyper feminist and now he's having his npc like you know sexually molest a woman's npc and it's like wouldn't don't you think this guy this would be the last and there's so many people saying this is the last guy i ever expected to do this and it's like well maybe you should tune your expectations idiot yeah change yeah update your expectations maybe your expectations should match reality maybe maybe yeah. you need a firmware update like this robot had oh no it was firm all right <laughs> god damn it <laughs> oh yeah is Wonga's going to hate us for talking about sexual stuff while he's gone? Probably. Okay, that, good, good. All right. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the, like uh, so many of the comments were just like, Adam Coble has always been an ally, a female ally, and, a, and pushing for diversity and inclusion. How, and he's always been a proponent of safety tools. How could this happen? Well, he put out an apology message. I think oh, it was on his really? private. It was on his private discord. So not public. Not on his Twitter, at least not that I had seen. And admittedly, I haven't gone back and checked because I just don't. Well, oh, right, because because he uses that for business, right? He doesn't want his business. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, he said, like, in a reply to somebody that he's... Um, he was saying in replies to other people who are criticizing, like, I'm sorry that this happened and I made a mistake. But his, like, first response to this, his first public apology on his Discord was uh, to everybody else, which was then, like, immediately linked to, to Reddit, was... Um, this happened because our group did not have sufficient safety tools in place. <laughs> Which so he's is not, now, he's not even, he's not even this, taking responsibility. Tell me if to you, this sounds like she was asking for it because of what oh, she was yeah. wearing. <laughs> yeah, she was, no, he was asking for it. Right? He was asking for it because he didn't say no. Right. Oh my God. Literally. That's the argument that he put forward as his. <laughs> As his, it's she didn't it wasn't hold up, my fault. She didn't hold up the red card. She didn't fight hard enough. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Judge, but she didn't fight hard enough. Right? She like, didn't resist me. Oh, How was I supposed to know she wasn't into it? That's yeah. perfect. That is the height of male feminist allyship, <laughs> right there. And. uh yeah, it was just really funny watching this house just burn down around him. One of the most progressive assholes pushing for diversity constantly. And then his, uh, <laughs> I don't know what else he's up to now, but the it completely destroyed the Far Verona thing, the his uh, campaign that he was running. It just went up in smoke. Yeah, she put out a video saying why I quit Far Verona. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's the one where she talked about how she was like wanting her character to grow as a person instead. <laughs> yeah, she wanted she, she basically wanted to do the whole data what is humanity thing, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he found out the hard way. <laughs> she found out the hard way. This is, <laughs> this is, this is liberal humanity. This is I know. This is the this is the Star Trek. If <laughs> <laughs> look, anal rape is part and parcel of living in a liberal society. <laughs> <laughs> yes oh man so that's adam Coble, the story of a weird faggot mm -hmm. and uh and and his escapades 
But you really, we'll, we'll try, I'll try to get Mongus to link this. You really should go and watch it. It's so good. Yeah, we'll, uh, from, we'll, a, we'll from have, a hard cringe perspective. We'll have updates. We are, we are observing this, uh, this burning down, this, this, this <laughs> fire with a microscope. So, yeah. I am speaking, excited. Speaking of observing, uh, man, this might be a long episode. Um, where are we at? Okay. All right. So, anyway, speaking of watching, uh, live streamed role playing games. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I was waiting for permission. Um, yeah, so speaking of watching <laughs> these live-streamed uh, games, I watched Critical Role for the first time. Why would you do such a thing? Well, you know, it's a quarantine, and even though I'm still working, I felt like I'd get festive. It's quarantine, but you still have to work. Yeah, so I'm not in quarantine at all. But right. but see, the thing is, if you go back and look at the uh, the Critical Role videos, a whole bunch of the comments are upvote if you're here in the coronavirus quarantine ah there's a whole bunch of that shit on there so did you Um, did you upvote them no oh okay because i had to work (laughs) oh okay but uh no i i just went to go check it out um i watched five episodes of uh the second campaign Oh, dear. And those were about like three and a half, four hours each. So I subjected myself to almost 20 hours of critical role for you, the people. Yeah, we uh, we held his eyelids open with tape, <laughs> the droppers and everything. Yeah. It it was so, so bad. All right. So this is set in uh, basically like medieval pseudo Germany. Like all the 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 uh, town place, yeah. The setting was actually pretty cool. However, this is one of my one of my big problems with the uh, their game is that they had a lot of anti-authority sentiment expressed through the tone or the themes of the game. So the like basically the the rule of law was all just a bunch of incompetent assholes who were inconveniencing the players for the sake of being assholes they were the guards were refusing to let them leave and had to be snuck around to escape from the inn where they were being uh, uh, kept in during the time of an investigation for a crime that they were present for however the guards were completely incompetent at uh taking care of this this crime in the first place it was like somebody had turned into a zombie and so- they thought that Sounds mm-hmm. like sounds like modern police officers to me. Go ahead. Um, yeah, to an extent. I mean, that's kind of the issue, right? Is that they're just projecting modern values and modern like situations onto a like a, a veneer of medieval setting. Yeah, this happens quite a bit, honestly. Right. It's and really this annoying. Is, yeah, and this is uh, this is my other issue, and this is something that I had uh, uh, pointed out. The players. Um, especially the the Whammon players. There was two Whammon players. They kept using modern terms and speaking patterns throughout this entire thing. That was extremely just immersion breaking and obnoxious. They would use very modern terms and colloquialisms and refer to things that medieval characters would never even think about or just say like, oh, we'd go kick his fucking ass. <laughs> and that's supposed to be like medieval dialogue. Which I get, like, you're not doing the whole, forsooth, mine brethren, So tarry forth with post-haste. I get that. So they're doing but, the Star Trek Picard thing where everybody's swearing, even. Uh, yeah, they, um, they tried not to, and I think only, like, one or two of them really, I think one of them was, basically, and I'm pretty sure it was Matt Mercer's wife was the one who was swearing the most. Um, 
which is another thing that Matt Mercer's wife was in there. And guess who the first character was who got solo time with the DM for a uh, special snowflake individual. Mm. Yeah, it was Matt Mercer's wife. Uh, God, and it was so awful, too. It was so bad. The this this Matt Mercer's wife and I'm, I'm guessing it's his wife. I really am. I, that's my guess because of what I picked up from the, the chatter at the table. But this woman is playing as some kind of a monk, some kind of martial character. And she's like, she was running away from a town. Oh, and that's the other thing is she kept saying like, yeah, I'm not real big on going back to this town. So it'd be real cool if we could just avoid it in the future, which is that sort of like modern day slang and talking style that I'm talking about. She, she did that all the time. It was terrible. But anyway, she was fleeing from some town and the people from that town caught up to her and they took her and they put her in this warehouse and they started like, like the, it was this woman, this, this dark elf or drow or whatever woman who is like the leader of some secret pseudo assassin group that keeps an eye on all of the people in power in the world. They are the power behind the power who makes sure that nobody gets, goes corrupt. They're, Jew- and- they're Jews. <laughs> no, oh. Jews are the power. Oh, oh no, they, okay. I think it's the who's the people behind the Jews? I think it's the Samoans. Uh, Swedes, actually. Swedes. That's yeah. right. That's right. You're right. So they were the Swedes, the dark Swedes, the dark Swedes. Oh, dear. Well, they're dark elves. So, yeah. Ah, I see. So. So they um, they put her in this in his warehouse and they start just punching her randomly. And so Matt Mercer makes uh, her do a fight scene using the dice. But Matt is rolling behind his his uh, little like GM shroud thing the whole time. Mm -hmm. And there's several points in there where she scores hits or her like defense or whatever is high enough where it's obvious that the other person shouldn't be able to hit her but he needs her the her character to get hit because the other person is a monk using like key bending techniques or something so he's like she's like trapping off the key or the chi or whatever you call it that's like running through her body so he needs her to get hit so there are several instances where matt rolls behind the the screen picks up the dice and rolls it again picks it up and rolls it again because he has three attacks and then says two of them hit with zero time for him to actually look at the result on the dice. <laughs> okay. He's so obviously like just saying what he wants to happen, but he's using the combat mechanics from D&D to like present as supposedly unbiased guise of like impartiality. I mean, that's that's like that's like DMing 101 really is is so- sometimes you have to bend the mechanics rules in order to do what you want to do for narrative purposes right my point is that matt's bad at doing that yeah i mean he's this is bad technique you're right that is sometimes necessary i agree yeah. my point is that he's doing it poorly yeah 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 you can't you can't just yeah you, you have to make a good show of it at least i mean well I mean, yeah that's... either either you just narrate what happens arbitrarily based on what you want to happen or you go all in and pretend like you're being like you're rolling he was like rolling it and before the dice had stopped scooping it up and rolling it again scooping it up and rolling again and then saying all right two out of the three hit and it's like you didn't see a single one (laughs) and another time he did this he did something similar where he wanted in fact it was the same character actually he wanted her to get caught by the guards to bring her back with the rest of the group because she was off sneaking by herself so he made her roll a stealth roll three times in a row, basically for every time that she was like walking a short distance until she failed one of them and got caught and got brought with the rest of the group. Don't piss on my D20 and tell me it's raining. 
<laughs> I mean, that time it wasn't him cheating at rolling. It was just like, make a stealth roll. All right, I sneak up close to the guards. Okay, make another stealth roll. Okay, and now I'm going to try and take something out of his pocket. Make a stealth roll. Oh, you failed that one? Too bad. You got to go back with the rest of the group now. It's like, dude, that's so obvious what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I mean... <laughs> you can't you can't just tell her no you can't sneak up to him without without alerting anybody else i mean sometimes things are just impossible right and so, well not in dnd <laughs> right so so you i mean i mean this goes back to the whole plus 40 thing that i was talking about earlier yep. i mean like 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 there's there's this hilarious old uh tg post about some guy playing a bear and and making and and having such large uh um modifiers oh, Sir Barrington, to, right? Yeah, yeah, Barrington where he had such large uh modifiers to his disguise self or whatever that he was able to pass off being a bear yeah, and bluff. everything. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Right. I mean like like it's just I mean that's funny and everything. That's hilarious, but but this is just stupid. Why why are you making her roll all this for for like what for like the audience or something like at least at least if he said that it's like yeah it's mostly for the for the youtube audience to like build up suspense or whatever at least i can understand that but yeah and again i'm not faulting him on the gm techniques that he was using to get the the result that he wanted all right everybody does that i get it that's fine i've done that my point is that he did it poorly and he's supposed to be this professional and held up as like one of the best game masters and i'm watching this going like dude you're so obvious about it I can I can just say see Gary Gygax calling him a faggot. <laughs> oh, speaking of faggotry, uh, so the, the reason that I quit at episode five, uh oh, yeah, is because he has his player characters come up on this village, and the village is starting to burn and catch on fire. And wouldn't you know it? Right when the player characters rolled in town, a bunch of gnolls attacked the village. You know, hyena, yeah. hyena dudes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but Th bunch things, of gnolls. things that kill JFK. Gotcha. Yeah. The grassy gnolls. Exactly. These are the uh, gassy gnolls, though, because right. they're using firebombs. Uh -huh. uh, anyway, so they, they start burning down this village and attacking people. And the player characters run up and there's this like this cobblestone wall with a bunch of the local town guard who, again, are incompetent because town's guard are incompetent in this setting. All, all authorities are incompetent. So they're like behind <laughs> in, this, in, this cobblestone in, wall. And not Germany. Gotcha. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and they're they're like firing <laughs> they're doing like the gears of war style blind fire over the wall but with crossbows what? <laughs> yeah I, they're like blind firing crossbows over the wall and then reloading them and shit did, did they have, so retarded did they have chainsaws connected to their crossbows <laughs> that would actually no, be pretty cool actually now they that don't I even have repeater it. crossbows or volley crossbows it's just they're firing off one bolt and then reloading and it's like what is <laughs> just, that supposed just to like do? wasting ammo that's awesome. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah so they run up to them and as they're running up one of the guards stands up and says watch out get down and a knoll arrow comes out of nowhere and impales him through the middle okay. and he falls over and his intestines start bleeding out and one of the players runs up and says I try to help him I'm going to try to to patch him up and the other the leader of the party turns to the guy who's helping the bleeding guard and says I'm going to make an illusion of this guard and send him into the open so the enemies fire their arrows at him and Matt Mercer interrupts and says uh, interesting point of order you're not too certain of the gender of this individual. Kind of fluid. And I'm going to have the image of that guard 
dash across, slowly dash across this alleyway, like that way. So okay. Amber more than dash. Yes, yeah, not, not dash, just sort of. Uh, walk in a way that he could be easily shot. <laughs> okay. And are, uh, the, are the interesting point of order? Not too certain of the gender of this individual. Oh, it's kind of fluid. Okay, great. Um, that long-haired guard individual. There you go. Uh huh. What? What? <laughs> interesting point of order. You're not too certain of the gender of this individual. Kind of fluid. I can. I can just. I can just see like. I, I like these people are basically in like a World War One style trench and like you know people's yeah. people's intense intestines are uh, are bleeding. That's out. literally and, no. That's and this, that's not an exaggeration. This dude is holding in the intestines of the guard next to him. And, and one of and one of the soldiers has the idea. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm gonna make like a scarecrow that looks like him. Right, and I'm gonna like. Oh, hold on, hold on. Did you just misgender it? Misgender it? <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, Did you just misgender uh, them? Hold on a second. <laughs> yeah, the English on the other Ex- side of the battlefield, like, oh, oh, excuse me. Excuse me, I could take a lot. All right, I could. The the guy, it, it makes me like 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 that one thing from uh uh from Flash gets. It's like it's like the guy who was impaled. It's like, oh man, you know, I'm I'm gay, but. But Jesus, you guys are faggots. It's like it's like it's no, like the, the guy whose intestines are falling out. Excuse me, I, I'm gender fluid. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're losing a lot of gender fluids, right. so shut up. <laughs> All of your gender fluids are spilling out yeah. onto the floor. Right so, now. and then after after the battle, they go back and talk to the same captain and the guard. Ca- oh, and by the way, this gender fluid person is the captain of the guard of the town. <laughs> Okay. Okay. All right. Actually, come to think of it, that might explain why the Knolls were able to slaughter everybody. Because uh, they, they put a they put a diversity hire in charge of the guard captain. This this makes me think of all those uh, all those head of health officials like in Pennsylvania, yeah. who's who's like a yeah. tranny. Yeah. And they got like the masks around the mouth and not the nose. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. Um, and then so they go back and talk to this like person and and Matt keeps saying this person, they, them, the this person, the guard, the guard, the guard, the guard because he refuses to say he or she. And so one of the players is like what what uh what is uh what is it what does this person look like? They they keep trying to and, say it. And it's like, "Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> they're, uh They're like not sure. It's so awkward to watch. And Matt Mercer has to say uh oh well, you know, uh Kind of uh, a bit of a masculine features, but longer hair and some softer skin, and and you're just—it's kind of—it's just really in between. It's just really not clear. Uh, what looks to be uh, elven features, but hint at a mixed lineage. Uh, they have their helmet on the ground, showing shoulder-length blonde hair that's turned red in places from a spattering of gore. Uh, through gritted teeth, they curse in pain as the bandages are applied to what you can see as a wound right around the midsection, the thigh area, and other soldiers in the press wrapping it. Uh, you watch as they go, God, you fool! Bind the wound, don't stuff it! <sighs> Goes and they pull a, a bolt back into the crossbow and knock it at the ready. And I'm like, you're such a faggot, holy fuck. Well, you're the, you're the DM, can you clarify it for me? Can, <laughs> can you make it more That's clear? The or <laughs> That's the thing, the DM is enforcing a liberal lack of clarity. <laughs> Also, that's a good show title too. L- liberal lack liberal of clarity. Lack of clarity. <laughs> Gosh, dang it! Jack, write these down. <laughs> no, damn it! I'm, all right, all right. We don't have a change. But uh, <laughs> mongoose, write the. Oh no, yeah, we have we have I, mongoose here. Mongoose, write it down. 
bad individuals, individuals who individually make bad individual decisions that have bad repercussions for other individuals, and there's nothing involved on a macro scale or a system, okay? You should you should put in like a like an. Audio. I know. I'm thinking of what uh, I'm thinking of what I could have him say. I wrote down several voice lines I've got. Uh, Mongus, what do you think of complex rules? I mean, it really is like if you really want to get really in depth about rules, go play Advanced Squad Leader, nerd. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I All mean, right, thanks, Mongus. I, mean, I would I would really like to see Matt Mercer play Advanced Squad Leader. I would like to see Matt Mercer catch coronavirus. <laughs> to be honest, and then role play it, away. and then role play it out. Because of course, we would never <laughs> want Matt Mercer to actually con- uh, contract coronavirus. That would be that would be terrible. Is that illegal? To, is that illegal to say? Like, I'm not giving it to him. I don't have it. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm just going to say that we don't actually want Matt Mercer to do that. We want him to role play. We want him to role play. I want I want Matt Mercer's lungs to be replaced by shrimp. Yes, there you go. Perfect. <laughs> I like that. Delicious. What D spell? Buttered yeah. <laughs> shrimp. There you what go. What D spell is this? I don't know. All right. No, it's just it was so bad. It was so jarring. It was so weird to be like I'm holding in my buddy's intestines and also uh, <laughs> it's ma'am or it's, it's, ma'am. it's they them. It's ma'am. It was just so bad. After that, I just had to stop. Oh. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I just had to had to cut it out. That is perfect. That's so a perfect way Five to episodes. End. Yeah. And it was a shame because there was a couple. There was two of the two or three of the guys were pretty good at role playing. Actually, I, I liked their characters. I liked the way they role played them. It it was pretty interesting. They did the whole um we go to a potion shop and uh lean in and whisper, Hey, do you have any drugs? <laughs> and of course the the course the guy had drugs, which Matt revealed after the session that uh no, the guy didn't have drugs before that, but as soon as you asked, Oh yeah, of course he's got drugs. So they did did a whole section about buying some kind of like magical mushroom off of the guy. Hello hello there, fellow drug user. Would you happen yeah. to have any cocaine? And that was the joke they kept doing. It's like sponsored by uh, D and D, uh, D and D next. Uh, ha, ha, buying drugs. Oh, isn't this ad friendly? And it's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> to be to be fair, uh, I actually remember doing uh, doing a whole role play in uh, Forgotten Realms. I was a uh, red wizard, and I basically got my entire crew hooked on uh, highly. Oh yeah. yeah, but that was an evil campaign. That was an evil campaign. It was really fun. This is an evil campaign, but for a different reason. <laughs> this is this is a, this is a more moralistically evil campaign. This is this is cringe evil. Yeah, cringe evil. Yeah. By by by, by the end of my evil campaign, I was a necromancer, and I actually made uh uh bone mechs for all of for for my uh my friend, and uh and he operated the bone mechs and went out and slaughtered a bunch of people. It was pretty cool. That sounds very exalted. I gotta say. Yeah. Well, but, yeah, uh, that's essentially what it morphed into. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Did we want to get to eclipse phase or do you want to save it? Let's save it. I wanna I wanna hear what Mongoose has to say about eclipse phase. I do too. Yeah. yeah. No, you just own your body. You own your body. And you can own other people. And and you just own things, right? Yeah. Yeah, a uh, uh, interesting point of order about Eclipse Phase, by the way, uh, and I will I will leave everyone with this. Um, 
Hmm. Uh, what's what's interesting about it is that I log on to their to their uh, website and in the introduction to it, an eclipse phase. Uh, what they mean by eclipse phase is when a virus enters a cell, but the cell shows no obvious signs of being infected by the virus. So, so that's spooky. It is spooky. It's very spooky, especially especially hmm. when you read about all of the weird things happening in the setting, like all the background things about like, ooh, there might be something that's going on with all of these other nations and this kind of this kind of makes me want to make a uh like like an after eclipse phase thing where where uh you know it it, it kind of morphs everybody into like uh into kind of like a like a like a doomsday type thing but i mean honestly it's like the precursor to dead space yeah yeah, essentially, where yeah. where where the, where you have like all this high technology, and you're able to do all of your liberal wet dreams, right? Before, like mm. you know, you know, they even say like, oh, like after the fall, after the fall. Well, they haven't fallen yet, right? Actually, that's pretty funny. Their like fall is like the left wing equivalent of like the right wing collapse masturbation. Yes, yes, and like the fall is just the boogaloo for the left. The fall is just a boogaloo for the left when they're able to like use all of their tran- tr- uh, tranny drugs openly, right? And then yeah, but but unbeknownst to them, all the tranny drugs hold like viruses that take over their brains <laughs> and like make them slaves to like some sort of Cthulhu monster, right? I mean, honestly, I would just straight up say like it's just demons, dude. It's just demons. Like they, there you go. They are they are engaging in ritual body mutilation, and they just don't. It's the eclipse phase. They just don't realize it yet, right? Yeah. Well, some of them do, and they are already dead. Or, or they join like you know explicitly very hierarchical structured things in order to ward off the demons right i don't think they're structured i think they're more anarchist they tend to spread out and subvert um i don't know if they have a hierarchy of trannies <laughs> well no no there's no hierarchy of trannies what, I, what i'm trying to say is that th- there there are two people who realize that this is bad right the people who are dead oh, okay okay and the people yeah. who who join things like like the junta right or the yunta or whatever the crap it's called right so so but but they're they're highly maligned because the it's the eclipse phase right it's it's Mm. the point at which it's so you're trying to subvert the setting i am subverting the setting i'm subverting their subversion of the setting right yeah no that's that's an interesting idea that um i've thought about that recently this this also kind of ties into a medica uh meta topic that we could talk about in uh, lieu of going into eclipse phase just for a little bit here um, I find it interesting cause I was listening to a, another RPG podcast called mud and blood and it's all Ooh, about dark, okay. dark, grim, gritty role-playing. And I thought, man, this is going to be great. There's no way that these hosts can be homosexual. <laughs> and lo, lo and behold, I was so wrong. Um, so we started listening to it. I, I started listening to an episode about they were doing world building and how you can do like dark and gritty world building. They wanted to come up with their own game that they were going to run their own setting and their own rules mechanics. And they were going to go through the entire process on air. I thought, all right, cool. This will be neat to see somebody else's creative process. Yeah. So they decide to come up with a setting and their, their setting, they wanted it to be a dark and, you know, dreary kind of pseudo hopeless setting. 
So they kept settling on two notions. Basically, you could boil down every idea that they had for their setting to two notions. Okay. And those two notions were, what if metaphor for global warming or what if metaphor for European colonialization? Hmm. Colonization? Colonization. Basically, colonialism or global warming. Those were the two options that they kept having. Well, I mean, those are the two most important issues that we have going on today right global warming and european colonization of the new world no no, no none of that <laughs> oh. Oh. okay no none of that um no they, everything kept they kept and they kept explicitly relating it i'm not even saying like like i it's a metaphor as in i was reading into it that they were talking about this they were explicitly saying what if this planet was invaded by some eldritch alien species that drove the, the you know you the player character race and your civilization underground and this was a metaphor for white man conquering the indigenous civilizations hmm. interesting and like talking about how important it is for you to identify with the invaded and not the invaders and all of this crap and i'm like i'm like how is this dark and gritty you're just doing social justice i mean i'm i i identify with invaded now but that's that 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 is what leads me into my whole point about subverting the subversion <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. because when they were talking about these things of like uh ecological crises and uh mass invasions i was like you idiots do you not realize that this can so easily be ported over into looking at the mexican invasion of the united states what did they say to you the the <laughs> Well, it's they, actually they don't even have a they don't even have a comment oh. section <laughs> because because you're kind of famous for invading comment sections and like yeah I have gotten them. comment sections closed yes yeah. that was fun who hurt you John who hurt you I, <laughs> trannies did <Yeah>. John trannies <laughs> oh man no uh, but uh, anyway yeah so I was I was just thinking about these leftist settings and how irredeemably gay they are but there's always this like kernel where you can you can make changes or, or flip them around if you wanted to if you if you felt you had to it's like you could very easily yeah yeah it's like a thread in the tapestry you pull it a little bit and it all just mm-hmm. it all just goes yeah 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 sa- same thing for uh i mean that's basically the concept behind mongoose's uh uh siege mata powered by meth <laughs> It's just like, what if Sigmata, but you flip this, flip the script. Oh, please don't say that. We're, we, we can't, <laughs> we can't bring up Sigmata. Uh, us red pilled and caps will, uh, will get blown the fuck out and owned by, by based logic. I see he's still a red pilled ANCAP. As a member of the ANCAP estate, I am personally an advocate of the McNuke and a practitioner of the McNuke. <laughs> Hail McNuke. Hail McNuke. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right. So you want to yeah. you want to end it on that note? Yeah, sure. I, I thought that was an interesting thing to think about. We can get into that more when we talk about Eclipse Phase next time. And yeah. hopefully we'll have the real mongoose here soon. Not just the uh, the fake mongoose who honestly, he can't really keep up. <laughs> yeah, no, the the the, the real mongoose uh, runs runs uh, laps around us. So, yeah. <laughs> that's true that has been nice it's been nice talking with you though, though uh jack so oh thank you it's been nice talking to you yeah. as well all right oh, isn't this, now i'm gonna this, stop talking isn't this nice now I'm gonna, this is so now I'm gonna nice. stop talking to you and not talk to you for a couple months yes so. oh thank god we'll talk to, 
<laughs> so anyway thank you everybody for tuning in this has been the uh, latest episode of little wars mandela effect version uh it's always been us it will always be us uh keep tuning in at uh at our website littlewars.home.blog and uh yeah have Ex- a good week or month or Ex- however long it takes you exodus americanus ah uh, don't go there hey you can go there <laughs> I'm not, I'm not. Oh, now we're going to have this argument now at the end, yes, really? Yes, we're going to have this argument. And, uh, <laughs> right wing entertainment squads. You always counter-signal me. Right wing, God damn it. <laughs> right wing entertainment squads. WordPress.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll catch you soon and, uh, enjoy your month or so, however long left of quarantine and try not to get sick. Very good. Wear a mask. See ya. See ya. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of Little Wars. For more traditional gaming autism, head over to littlewars.home.blog. That's littlewars, all together, no spaces, .home.blog. Have a great week, and many epic gamer moments. Yeah.